Instant coffee charging hard on the outside. Echo again led, but is dropped back. They come down to this final. Fairgrounds furlong. And here's Instant Coffee, who's been lifted to the lead by Luis Saez from two fills. Second toward the inside. They're close to home. It's Instant Coffee. Instant Coffee wins the LeCompte Stakes by three. That was a call from Fairgrounds track announcer John G. Dooley in Saturday's LeCompte Stakes, where Instant Coffee stamped his name as a major player on the road to the Kentucky Derby. This, of course, is inside the Kentucky Derby. Darren Rogers, Kevin Kirstein here with you once again to play Monday morning quarterback. And, of course, this podcast would not be possible without our good friends at Woodford Reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford Reserve is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. Well, D, we, uh, I think we saw a horse that's going to make some noise on this road to the Kentucky Derby and instant coffee. And we had our reservations a little bit as, uh, we were talking last week on the show, but I think he proved himself worthy to be one of the favorites leading up to the first Saturday in May. Yeah. I don't know what he beat in the LeCompte, but you know, instant coffee, you have to give him credit for getting better each time he's developing, he's progressing, he's running faster. Uh, he did that for Al gold and trainer Brad Cox on, on Saturday in the LeCompte. Um, you know, he, he, he was wide, uh, you know, throughout, he was last early. Uh, the fractions were, you know, modest, you know, 24 and one, uh, 47 flat one twelve for six furlongs. Um, the final time one forty five point one two was a fifth of a second faster than Happy American winning the Louisiana, an older horse, uh, one race prior. So that's encouraging. Uh, Instant Coffee definitely a major player. Uh, I thought two fills. And by the way, our handicapping was awful. <laughs> yes. uh, we, 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 I mean. The handy, we can't get a weather forecast right. No, um, I, I, I kept looking. Where is this rain that I kept hearing about? We need dark sky back. That's our, we need dark sky back. Yeah, the weather, the weather app on Apple. Uh, it's over one in, uh, in <laughs> on the road to the Derby. I can tell you that because I was, I really believed looking at all the forecasts that, uh, you know, I kind of handicapped for a sloppy track. And uh, what made me think of that was two fills who I thought ran very, very good, credible second, um, in, in that race. Um, my money ended up being on confidence game. Um, I thought he was the right price at six to one in the compact field of six. Um, but he, he's not good enough. Um, you know, Dennington and Bromley just aren't up to that par. And then echo again, um, you know, with three sixteenths of a mile to go, you know, was vying for the lead as, as two fills ranged up on his outside and instant coffee was ranging up wide with his winning move. But echo again was the pace setter and, um, was abruptly pulled up. The good news is it sounds as if Tyler Gaffleone reported that the horses, uh, stifle kind of locked up on him and, and he was able to walk, walk off. So, uh, that was encouraging. I feel that a couple of times when I, uh, you know, I'm sitting down for a long time. I get up and I just, Ooh, that doesn't feel right. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, I don't know if he was going to win the race, no. uh, but he, you know, showed 
signs of, you know, maybe running okay. But uh, yeah, he, he just wasn't for me. Here's what trainer Brad Cox had to say after the race. And then we'll go into deep diving a little bit more on what we thought on the horses in the Lecompte. There's a little pace to run at, and oftentimes in these three-year-old races, two turns, you know, you do have pace to run at. So, um, you know, Louis did a good job, um, you know, got him to the outside, and he stayed on down the middle of the track. And uh, he likes Churchill, and he likes a long stretch, and he, he's a nice colt. He's a really sound horse, um, you know, good mind. I think that's probably the two biggest things. And uh, right now he's, um, you know, doing well. He showed that today, and hopefully we can uh, keep him happy and healthy, for, you know, hopefully all year, but at least for the next three or four months anyway. You know, this this horse is able to, you know, shipped over to Keelan, ran really well, came back to Churchill, ran well, shipped down here, trained here so far all winter, and he showed up. So, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to put him on a van, ship him somewhere need be, but right now I think pretty content with keeping him right here. And I think he'll probably keep him right there, Brad. You know, as said, the, you know, maybe not the risen star because he would like more than four weeks um, in, in between races, but he could run in the twinspires.com Louisiana Derby on March the 25th, which would be a, a next spot for instant coffee. The thing that worries me about instant coffee and, you know, Brad alluded to the pace is, you know, the pace is going to be quick. The pace is always quick in the Kentucky Derby. And then he's, he's just going to have to, you know, there are only six horses in the Lecomte when there's more and more horses in some of these races, he's going to have to have sort of the perfect trip to overcome traffic. If he's going to be that far back, when the pace even gets quicker than 2447, you know, you're going to see a 45 second half mile in Kentucky Derby, 46 seconds. So it's going to be, you know, a full five lengths faster. So think about that, you know, early on in the race, albeit, you know, if he does have the right trip and he has a great rider on his back in Luis Saez, but he's going to have to overcome some traffic. I think when the field size gets a little bit bigger and the pace gets even quicker. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I'm always or keen on horses that are forwardly placed. Uh, this is a horse that is pace dependent. It, it appears at this time and, um, uh, that traffic trouble, you know, eventually will happen, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it's it always says you're not always going to be rating clear on the outside. Um, but we'll, we'll see, you know, these, you know, these races, we only had six horses in the, the Lecomte. Uh, which is disappointing. Um, on the undercard, you had a first level allowance that uh, went as race. What was it? Race nine. Race I think. nine. Yeah, race nine. Where determinedly, we talked about him. We had no question. And by the way, that had a field of five. I would have loved to see these horses. Yeah. In one field. Yes, absolutely. Right? It would have been be a great. decent race. Uh, determinedly, by the way, he he. He was his typical self. Um, he ended up on the lead and it was slow. I mean, he's a grinder. Uh, they went 25 and one, um, almost 49 for the half. Uh, but he was a very nice winner of, uh, for, uh, Mark Cassie, uh, beat the Cox train Tappets conquest, who was, uh, uh, a, a, a neck back. That was a, that, that was a good race with silver heist in third. And then tap it shoes was another four lengths back in, uh, in fourth, but determinedly tap its conquest silver heist. These will be competitive type horses in the next round at fairgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. And the complexion of that race changed dramatically in the morning when banishing, yep. who was going to be the favorite in that race was scratched. He ended up getting, 
you know, stuck in a stall. Casting is what they call it. And so he was stuck in a stall. Brendan Walsh said he's probably going to miss about four or five days of training. So, you know, timing wise, you, you sort of look at it. Maybe he just waits until the risen star on Feb 18, or Brendan also has a string of horses in South Florida. You could also see if this horse, you know, returns, you know, maybe it's going to be a little bit too quick for next week's Holy Bull down at Gulfstream, but, um, he, he doesn't seem any worse for the wear, uh, for the, the Walsh camp. You'll probably see a horse like determinedly also in that risen, risen star on February the 18th. You see one of the Cox horses probably in there as well. Um, what else did you see Darren on the, the Saturday slate? Because there was, there are a couple of races from around the country that I think will produce players on the road to the Derby. I don't know, major players, but, um, I thought there were some okay performances that we saw throughout the country. Yeah, they were some okay performances. Um, that's how I would describe yeah. it, right? On the fairgrounds uh, undercard, um, you know, first defender, um, one for Steve Asmussen he, in his debut. Uh, that was, uh, you know, going six furlongs. He was forward early on. He tracked pinfire uh, along with uh, Golden Nugget, and then he kicked clear in the final uh, eighth of a mile to win as the favorite by uh five and a quarter lengths. He's, he's a quality road out of an AP Indy mare. So that's a a horse that merits watching down the road. Um, looking in the 10th race at fairgrounds, also a maiden special weight, uh, that was going two turns. Um, you know, single ruler was okay at 18 to one, um, for, for Keith, the Sormo, the horse was four wide going in the first turn. He left, uh, the final turn going four wide. So he was wide throughout. He was a convincing winner, uh, over a baseline, uh, beater who, who closed from, uh, from last. So, you know, single ruler, um, you know, he kind of tracked mid pace and then, uh, was able to win. It was okay. Just one to watch. He, uh, I had five horses in my pick four closing that race and the top two were not in my, uh, pick four ticket. So that's what I thought of that race. That was, uh, I think the better of the split division maiden special weight races that we saw, cause we saw Kelly Ostro, uh, didn't come back fast, did not come back fast. It was visually impressive, uh, just because of how slow that he broke from the starting gate and then, uh, but did not come back fast. Uh, I thought, you know, the other race was, you know, faster figures wise, visually Kelly Ostro, maybe, uh, just, you know, horses were tiring and that's why he was able to win as impressively as he did. Did you see the last race at Aqueduct on Saturday? That was a, that was a fun race, uh, slip Mahoney and croupy, um, you know, finished ahead heads apart. Uh, slip Mahoney was the four to five favorite croupy for, for Todd Pletcher can't seem to, um, catch a break no. and, and break that maiden. He broke so slow and then made this monster, uh, middle move down the backstretch before entering the turn ranged into contention under Kendrick Carmouche, you know, kind of in hand and looked like he was ready to go by at any point, but, uh, slip Mahoney and Dylan Davis, um, you know, wouldn't let, uh, wouldn't let the horse go by. And, and that slip Mahoney, of course, trained by Brad Cox, Brad Cox <laughs> shocked. And Brad said that he's uh, possible for the Gotham on uh, March the 4th. So, uh, but he, also, you know, Hemden Hall and said, eh, there's, you know, can go numerous directions, but he mentioned the Gotham as a possibility. On Sunday out at Santa Anita, Harlow Cap was a uh, convincing winner uh, for trainer Bob Baffert, um, won by four and a half lengths. 
going 143 and four. Nice one over Yellow Brick, who was off slow and then was able to run second. I think those are you know two horses out in California that uh, merit consideration. Um, down the road, up at Turfway Park, uh, you had Fantastic again win the Leonidas um, by three and three quarter lengths. Beat American Speed and Ironsides, and on the undercard, uh, Olathebel was a uh, big eleventh race, eleven uh, length winner of a first level allowance. So, um, you know, something to watch on the march towards the John Battaglia. Absolutely, and uh, we'll see the Battaglia being run at Turfway on February the 25th. So those horses likely will come back in four weeks for that race. Uh, so that's sort of what we saw this past weekend. And the future uh, wager. Club. The future wager was uh, very interesting in some of the wagering in the future wager. All others that weren't listed within the top 38 individual interests closed at two to one odds. Um, there are some horses on there that just wowed me of how short they were. Loggins being one of them, which we had a yep. Loggins update that he is uh, February the 1st likely to come back to the Cox Barn. Everything will have to go perfect. He'll be Triple Crown nominated. Maybe the Preakness, you know, and I've heard some of the partners say if everything goes perfect, maybe they'll try a Derby prep. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on him. Forte was actually just way short for me as well. I heard a Forte update. He worked on Sunday and likely to run in the Fountain of Youth next down in Florida. But there was uh, some interesting prices. Anyone really intrigue you to uh, back in that future wager, Darren? Banishing was surprising to be 27 to 1 for me. Um, that was a little low. Um, the one horse that stood out to me that I, I don't know why. I am in, I'm so intrigued by this horse, but disarm for, 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 uh, Steve Asmussen, uh, was a Saratoga maiden winner. Uh, he has two works under his belt now at, at, at fairgrounds. He's a gun runner out of a tap at mayor, uh, closed at 58 to one. Um, he beat Krupe, by the way, yes. <laughs> I noticed Krupe shows up in his, uh, in his timeline, but, uh, you know, this is a Winchell thoroughbreds horse that, uh, impressed me at Saratoga last summer and I've been waiting for him to come back, you know, 58 to one. It's a little short, but, uh, that's one of the long shots that intrigues me. So the next pool for the future wager pool four will be February 10th through the 12th, six pools in total, March 10th through the 12th and also March 30th through April. The first, the uh, lone Kentucky Oaks future wager will run concurrently with the fifth pool, March 10th through the 12th. I'm really looking forward this weekend, Darren, to seeing the draw for the Southwest, which happens on Monday. We're recording this podcast on Monday, not quite out yet. This race is going to shape up to be very intriguing, I believe, with Arabian Night now pointing to this race for for Bob Baffert, ineligible to garner points at this time, uh, but I think is going to really you know open a lot of eyes to see is he the real deal off that maiden performance that we saw at Keeneland? I believe he is, but he's going to show up against Corona Bolt for Brad Cox and a few others in here, and I think it's going to be a really intriguing event. Yeah, when I look at, um, you know, we were just talking about it was disappointing to see just six horses in the Lecomte, but there's 750,000 <laughs> reasons to um, probably have a larger field in the Southwest. I mean, $750,000 is uh, the 
the prize for this grade three event going a mile on the 16th points will be awarded 28, six, four, two. And, uh, that'll put us what 13, 14 weeks out from the Kentucky Derby, almost a hundred days until that'll be Thursday. Yeah. Thursday is 100 days to Derby. Always know that the last Thursday in January always marks out 100. And it's, uh, Usually that hundredth day mark for us here at Churchill, you just, you know, you, the heart rate goes up a little bit. Pep in the step. Yeah. It's, and it's not really, you know, the number per se of the hundred, but it's usually that time of the year. Everything starts to come together for us here internally. Yep. And, uh, but it always seems to go around a hundred days until Derby. That's when Darren and I like to joke when uh, we're brushing our teeth in the mornings and we start to uh, <laughs> have the toothbrush gag. And it's yep. because uh, things are, Getting a little nerve wracking here, but yep. it'll, uh, it all comes together as it always does. And it's, you know, an exciting time and, uh, lots of fun things are happening beneath the twin spires. Got anything else? To, that's uh, it, man. That's I'd, it. I'm just happy. We didn't cough throughout the show. Yeah. That was, that, I, that's a victory in its own right. That is. Yeah. We've got the, uh, winter the, crud, the prep season crud. Uh, but you know, that always helps when you just drink some straight Woodford with a little bit of honey that clears it up right away. Absolutely. And yeah, and it always helps, you know, when you can have that after work, of course. But uh, hey, we'll we'll talk uh, later on this week once they draw for the Southwest uh, for Saturday. We'll analyze that race and a lot of races throughout the country. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Kentucky Derby.